Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. This week, as always, I'm super excited about our guest. We have the lovely Gina DeVee. Gina DeVee's journey from struggling psychotherapist who lived at home with her parents to globe-trotting entrepreneur has led her to founding her multi-million dollar women's empowerment company, Divine Living. Divine Living is for the person who's excited about impacting the world, craves a spiritual connection and dares to be visible and desires to fulfill their life's purpose. Gina is an author, speaker, and success coach. She has dedicated her career to helping clients connect spiritually, start businesses, create wealth, and live life to the fullest. Her first book, The Audacity to Be Queen, brings together over 20 years of experience in transforming women's lives through the deep spiritual and feminine wisdom of queenhood. With a spectacular flair, beautiful pearls of wisdom, and life-changing stories of unexpected triumph, Gina DeVee shares the steps, exercises, meditations, prayers, and journal prompts to release all forms of self-doubt and self-sabotage so you can discover the best version of you. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today I am excited about our guest. We have the beautiful Gina DeVee. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's an honor. And for our listeners, you can't see, of course, but the lovely Gina is wearing summer clothing and I am sitting here in layers, being winter here in Melbourne. So I'm very jealous of the weather at your end of the world. Yes, well, LA is sort of like this all year round, so it's kind of the usual, but um, the seasons are fun also. Mm, Beautiful. So Gina, the way that we love to start the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to share her unique story. So tell us your story. What decided you or what drove you to do what you do today? Yes, yes. Well, it's been a 20-year journey, which sounds a little crazy to say. Um, I started out as a struggling psychotherapist. I lived in the suburbs of Detroit, or more specifically, my parents did, and I was 30 years old, uh, living at home with them. And I always had a dream of helping people, which is why I became a psychotherapist. But I was offering sliding scale rates and 
I didn't have much of a wealth consciousness or self-esteem at that point. And I just had this warped idea of what it meant to help people or do good things in the world and just kept giving everything away for free or for low dollar amounts. And finally, at the end of a year and a half, I was just burnt out. And I just, I I didn't know what to do. But when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And at that time, I discovered life coaching. And I would always watch, speaking of LA, I would always watch Access Hollywood or one of those kinds of shows. And one Friday night, I came home depressed, broke $75,000 in debt, you know, lonely. And I just watched the show and I was like, in LA, it's the land of the beautiful and wealthy people. I'm going. (laughs) So I scrounged up whatever I needed to to get out to um, Tinseltown. And I became a life coach. And so rather than being consistently broke, I got to be neurotically broke because I was starting to charge in packages and, you know, it was like feast or famine. And, um, but then one thing did lead to another and I discovered internet marketing and, um, you know, took the action steps, invested in mentors and finally got my fledgling business off the ground, which has, uh, served me well over the last 15 years. Mm, oh wow what a journey and I love the fact that you had the the insight of moving to LA and just packed up your bags I've heard this so many times actually you pack up your bags and and go we've had quite a few women on the show who have said exactly that it's it's, it it fascinates me really I knew I had to be in I knew I had to be in the environment and just for me where I was living I wasn't inspired I wasn't around people who wanted something more, something different. And I did. So I had to, you know, go where my tribe was. Mm, And how did you find your tribe? Because you were new to the area. So how did it all start for you? Yes, very humbly and lonely. <laughs> I I moved to Santa Monica and I thought, well, everything was going to be fabulous. Um, and I didn't have friends and I didn't have clients and I didn't have a website. And it was um, it was very much a faith journey, to be honest. It was uh, I was reading all kinds of personal development books and I started going to networking events where I started meeting a few people. And then um, I had three thousand dollars left on a credit card. I haven't told this story actually in a while. Uh, so you're drawing cool stuff out of me. Um, I had th- I had was down to my last credit card. I had $3,000 on it. And I had just heard about a Tony Robbins coaching program. It wasn't with him. It was with one of his coaches. And I said to myself, this money is going to go. It's going to go on gas, groceries, um, you know, something like stuff. And I'm going to be the same person. But if I invest in myself, I at least have the chance to learn how to have what I was just starting to learn about was wealth consciousness and start learning how to put a business together. So I did that. that It might have well has been $3 million. And I uh, put, you know, that I paid for it uh, in full, the $3,000. And I got turned on to other people with, this is back in like 2004, where, uh, you know, people, let alone women, were just starting to get involved with internet marketing and getting the word out online, building lists. And that's what I started doing. Um, so I started meeting people through that avenue, started going to conferences and events and, you know, seized every opportunity I could really became coachable, was reading all the books, really doing the mantras, the visualizations, feeling it, all of it. Uh, the Secret had just come out, so I was doing all that work as well. 
And one thing led to another and I started getting clients and it took off from there. That's amazing. And for our listeners who probably don't know what the secret is, um, uh, they do talk about wealth consciousness. Do you want to unpack a little bit about what is wealth consciousness? Sure. Wealth consciousness is the psychology of wealth, and at least that's how I describe it. And it's really having an understanding about universal money principles. Because growing up in the Midwest of the United States, I just learned, you know, I thought that money was, it was hard to make money and you had to save money and money was scarce. And uh, there was something, I don't know where exactly, but rich people were bad or greedy. And it was this whole warped mentality around money. And then when I started reading books like The Science of Getting Rich, I started to really learn that money is infinite and money is energy. And there's more than enough money in the world for everybody and there's more than enough clients in the world. And this was shocking information to me because I had my whole life been taught the exact opposite. But somehow when I read these words and started hearing these words, my soul knew that it was true. So I just took it at face value and said, yes, I will adopt that psychology, that philosophy, and bring in a level of wealth consciousness that has me know that money is abundant and infinite and has a purpose. Mm, I love that. And it does sound so easy, but how do we stay true to whatever that that North goal is for you or the North Star is for you? Because I know that even with me, we all get in our own way. So how do you stay really clear on your and, and, and being present with your wealth consciousness, making sure you don't get in your way? What's your trick? Well, I think I've just given myself permission to get in my way because <laughs> when I, when I kind of allow it, when, I, when I'm in my way, then I can see it, then I get out of my way. Um, and it's kind of this, this ebb and flow. Um, so I think that the more that I did really study and, and read books like Think and Grow Rich, The Science of Getting Rich, Leveraging the Universe, I really started to educate my, my mind and train my brain to think differently about wealth and abundance. I also come from a spiritual background, but what I found is that I was being really religious with my Christianity and not actually spiritual. And when you get that, like all the great spiritual texts of any religion are quite miracle minded and you, that's when you realize that money is energy and there is no lack and we live in an abundant, infinite universe. And I just started seeing the world differently. I started seeing money differently. And then when I started to believe this was true, then that new belief became my reality. So I'm trying to get a grasp, and I'm sure our listeners are curious as well, because you were talking about the science of getting rich. It's not just about the way that we think. It's the way that we feel. It's the, the words that we use. It's uh, what are some of the, 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 I guess, the how-tos that you've discovered when you, did, you went on your journey and, and studied the psychology of wealth? Well, the first thing is starting to believe that something different is possible without knowing the how. So there's very much a faith element to it. Uh, you know, when I went to my first Science of Getting Rich seminar, it sounds like a cult now that I say it like this, but it's what it was called. Um, it was, you know, exposing me to all this new understanding. And it, it, what it did, it lifted my consciousness. It lifted my vibration. I started to not feel depressed. I started to believe that what I desired could actually happen. It started to have me believe that those little girl dreams in me that one day I'd be a big player in the world or that 
I'd have a beautiful lifestyle and create a lot of impact that that would actually become true. And so when I came from that place without having to jump too quickly into, but how is it going to happen? And where's the money going to come from? And, and, you know, how am I going to get the clients? What I learned is that all of that blocked the infinite in coming in because the consciousness that I had at the time, I didn't know how it would happen. And so to that degree, this is where staying out of your own way is absolutely essential for manifesting. So for example, when I, and I write about this in in my book, uh, it's called the audacity to be queen. When I was at this seminar, I started soaking up this information. And when I realized that it was my false beliefs that were ruining my life and robbing me from what was meant for me, I realized I was the queen of saying, I'd love to, but I don't have the money. It was my unconscious mantra. Gina, do you want to go dinner? I'd love to, but I don't have the money. Gina, do you want to take this program? I'd love to, but I don't have the money. Want to take this trip? Same thing. And so I made a decision and a decision means to cut. And I made a decision that changed my life forever. And I, at the time I had $60 in my bank account, like ruined my credit, $75,000 in debt, straight up $60 in my bank account. And I made the decision that I would never struggle with money again. Bold, audacious, I know, but, and I didn't know how that was going to happen. And I also made a second decision at that seminar that said I would never again say I'd love to, but I don't have the money because I started to learn law of attraction. I started to learn that we, that money is infinite. And so lo and behold, the very next speaker, because it was one of those multi-speaker events, the next speaker that came up, uh, she was like talking and it was like a woman and I totally related to her and I was became obsessed with her and I wanted to be coached by her. And I just thought her personality, her power, like I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to have money to invest. Like that was, she did like, it was this whole thing. And then she like, you know, I'm so like worked up. I'm like, it doesn't matter what she's selling. I'm going to buy it because I'm going to be like the next amazing student. And she goes and does her pitch and she sells a 17 thousand dollar program and I was like but I just promised myself I would never again say I'd love to but I don't have the money so like I go up to her on the break and I say hi I'm Gina I'm gonna be in your program um do you accept a payment plan and I'm like I don't know what like what that would have done like I I didn't it's not like I had an inheritance coming in or a corporate paycheck or anything and she just looked at me and simply said no and I thought rich people like, like, well, if I had $17,000, I wouldn't even need to be coached by her is what I thought. But I was not giving up on myself and dreams. I had just learned about this new wealth consciousness thing. So I went and I filled in all 16 digits of my debit card with the expiration date and turned it into her assistant. And I said, you give me two weeks until you run this card. And then the, the next speaker had a $10,000 program. And I signed up for that one too. And I was like, that's it. And I took my three ring binder under one arm and I took my, uh, the, the secret, which was a DVD at the time on the other arm. And I drove home from the seminar reciting my mantras. I see myself with $30,000 in two weeks. I see myself with $30,000. I see myself being coached by these coaches. I see myself having a life. I see myself being around other people who are up to big things in the world. I see myself with $30,000 in five days, in four days, in three days. My husband at the time was like, oh, well, he still is my husband, but he said, what are we going to do with you? If and I was like, no, no, there will be no talk of anything other than the complete and total manifestation of this dream. I see myself with... in two days. Well, in two days before my deadline, I was coaching one of my 
uh, clients at the time. And I was selling $6,000 packages, which sounds super sexy, except when you sell one every four to six months, not so sexy. And he was at the end of his package, which was marriage coaching at the time. And I didn't know anything about business or an upsell or a re-enroll. I just thought we were going to be done. And he says to me, well, Gene, this is our last session. And it's been so great. My marriage is in such great shape. And I'm so thrilled with the work. I'd like to talk to you about something else. And I started to get a little nervous. And I said, well, what's that? And he said, I think I'd like you to coach my sales team. I was like, oh, God, I don't want to talk about business or money or sales. And he's going to know I'm an idiot in that department. And I was like, "Um, okay, well, what is it that you sell? And he says, basement waterproofing. I thought, oh, dear God, I don't, I didn't look that different then than I do today. I'm like, really, universe? Basement waterproofing sales manager? That's what you tossed me? And I just said to him, um, well, how many people are on your sales team? That sounded like a smart salesy kind of question to ask, right? I'm, I don't know what to do. And he says, 10. And I didn't know what else to say, so I didn't say anything. And he says, so what do I do? Buy 10 of those $6,000 packages of yours? And I said, yes, that is exactly what you do. And the next day I was wired the $60,000. So I was able to sign up for my coaching programs on deadline. Wow. That is amazing. I'm (laughs) sitting here. I'm speechless. I'm sitting here with goosebumps. What an amazing story. That is unbelievable because you were, you were saying, right, it was a, it's an inside job, right? It's all about your belief system. Totally. And, and uh, it, it is about, you know, like I love the, your, your daily mantra and cutting it down and not allowing anything to get in the way. That is mm-hmm. super amazing. So for our listeners, um, so the understanding is start doing the inside work, the deep work, which is really mm-hmm. um, working with your belief system. And mm-hmm. let's say, how do then they, because we do have a lot of entrepreneurs and women in, biz, is in business and even men in business listening to the show, how do they do, how do they expose what they do? Let's say they're not in that situation where they've got a $6,000 package and they, you know, they're, they're, uh, they've got a client who may invest so much money with them. From an internet marketing uh, point of view, because you did talk about that, how do you? How does one market themselves, especially in this kind of environment? There's there's just a lot of noise when it comes to the internet. How do we stand out amongst the crowd? Great question. Well, the truth is, we already do. We are already individuals. There is no fingerprint that ever has been or ever will be like ours. There is no personality. There is no exact life experience. And so I think that people are working so hard to do something that's already been done. It's like, how do I find my, you know, like, how do I manifest an elbow? How do I, we we have an elbow Um, and we are unique and we are individuals. So I think it's really a process of becoming who we really are giving ourselves permission unapologetically to be that person and then use the entrepreneurial tools in terms of internet marketing to produce the desired result. So for example, the the first piece of advice I would say from an entrepreneurial perspective is, uh, so during the week, and this, this came from personal experience, I would be all about all things, women's empowerment, personal development, psychology, entrepreneurialism. 
And then on the weekends, I would go and run and buy a bunch of food, fashion, and travel magazines and host lavish dinner parties. And it was all things lifestyle. And then Monday would roll around and it was all things substantive. And then Friday, all things lifestyle. And at one point, I really got, Gina, what if you integrated what you did during the week and on the weekends? And poof, there was divine living. Because when I was just doing my personal development or my entrepreneurial work, there's a lot of that great stuff out there. But for me, there's not a lot of people that are doing entrepreneurial, personal development, spiritual, money-making, and the lifestyle elements. That's like something that's unique to me. And everyone is already unique. So I think that when you just really explore what your passions are and what really lights you up, the full combination of them, then you are a standout. Because some people are like really linear and they love nuts and bolts teaching and other people are, um, you know, super feminine and they prefer, you know, the whole kind of woo-woo goddess scene. And like whatever you are lit up about there, you representing millions of people out there. So sing it loud and sing it proud. So that's like kind of a branding tip right there. And then the next, you know, I went to Le Cordon Bleu just as a hobby. And my, my chef instructors would always say, Gina, you have to have the right tool for the right task. And so when we look around and we see how other people are getting success, it's very tempting to be like, well, I need to do what she did or I need to do what he did because that's what how you get success. And I think particularly women, we're so like obsessed in getting it right and not making mistakes. So kind of a few years past the story that I just shared, I'd gotten pretty good at sales. Um, and I had a, I don't know if I had crossed seven figures at that point, but I was, you know, well on my way. And my my existing clients were saying, Gina, will you teach us sales? Will you teach us sales? Because you're so great at it. And I thought, well, it sounds like that was like some automatic money and it's going to help people. So why not? So I went and put together my, one of my first teleclasses and I called it Sales Superstar. And 125 people signed up. I think it was like 500 bucks at the time. And for me, that was a big, like I was used to like super like high touch, low tech. I didn't do like bigger groups. I always had smaller high end groups. And that was like a big boom for me. I'm like, this is fun. And so it was a six week course on sales, whatever. It's fine. I can do it. It's not my love, but I didn't hate it either. And it was helping people and making me money. So what's not to love? So I thought, well, let, they can't learn everything there is to know about sales in six weeks. Let's do sales superstar too. Just thinking that that was going to be an easy way to make money. Not because it was really what lit me up. I had 5,000 people on my list at that time. I had 125 happy campers that I knew like 80% of them would for sure re-enroll in that program. Five. Five people of my entire list and all those happy campers, I had five people enroll in a 497 teleclass on sales, which is like what every entrepreneur needs. How can you not sell a 497 class on sales? Well, I'll tell you, when you think that that's what you need to do to make money, or when you think that just doing what you can do to make money is what's going to make you money, the universe has a bigger plan. Unfortunately, I knew enough about wealth consciousness. I didn't go into this whole thing like, oh my gosh, if I can't even sell a 497 teleclass, you know, I'm never going to be able to sell anything else. I should just sell $99 flash sales, something, something or others and, and lower my rates. But I really got the spiritual guidance and I knew that I was being led in a different direction. So I prayed the prayer as an entrepreneur that I've prayed so many times. Dear God, please use me. 
And spirit, what is the most pleasurable way for me to make money and make an impact? And I really got into my passion. I got like, I just thought really big, like, what's the, what's the most pleasurable way to make the money I desire to make? And, you know, having been a former psychotherapist, I really love deep work and transformation. And I thought, well, one day intensives, a lot of people call them VIP days, are how I love to work, like sit in a room with someone. And then what's the way that I would love it? I'm lit up about luxury. And so I thought, well, where would I want to do it? And I said, if I could host a one-day intensive at the Ritz in Paris, and then I got to thinking, like, what about the Lanesboro Hotel in London, a villa in Provence, you know, uh, you know, a, a something in the Greek Isles, and like, a, like a, you know, a Riyadh in Marrakesh. Like, my mind started reeling. Well, then I went and picked seven locations, most of what I just mentioned, charged fifteen thousand dollars for the day, put the word out there, and all seven of them sold out in five days. And the reason why that happened was because I totally got into my zone of genius, my passion place, doing what lit me up. I love luxury. I love transformation. I love travel. And I love being of service. And so when you bring together all of your skills, talents, desires, and passions, you do stand out and you are attractive, literally. And so that would be my best advice to entrepreneurs, like go big, bold, you be the real you. Some people love to tinker and they don't want to do high end services. They want to do automated funnels like and get success that way. Other people are the opposite. They're high touch and low tech like I am. So uh, you do you and you'll be successful. Oh, I love that. And I'm sure our listeners are curious too. When you're talking about these seven locations, are we talking about how big were the groups? Are we talking about massive groups or small groups? No, it was a one-day intensive, a private one-day intensive, one person. Oh, one person. Yeah. $15,000 a day for for one person to come and have a full day experience to focus on their business themselves, their dreams, and a rented the suite at the Ritz in Paris and in the Lanesboro in London. And I rented a Riyadh in Marrakesh, a villa in Provence, the whole thing. That is amazing. Gosh, Gina, you are a super manifester, that's for sure. (laughs) Well, we all are when we're in our passions and we give ourselves permission to be, you know, in alignment with the unlimited. Yeah, I look. I truly believe that. I think it's sometimes we need to get some of our baggage out the way for us to manifest and have that clear channel. Yes, exactly. So, Gina, you talked about your book. Let's unpack your book. Give us some, um, uh, I guess, some some ideas around what is your book about? What are some of your highlights about your book? Sure. So my book is called The Audacity to be Queen, The Unapologetic Art of Dreaming Big and Manifesting Your Most Fabulous Life. So some of these stories that I've shared today are in the book in in further detail and many, many other stories of financial transformation, financial miracles, um, practical skills. There's exercises, there's prayers, journal prompts, meditations, um, so many mistakes. Uh, that I made and money that was wasted and a lot of ways that I got it right as well. Mm. So um, the book is a a 20 year kind of cumulative part personal development, part memoir, part uh, spiritual, you know, and it's a fun read. It's kind of funny also. And out of it, you talked about mistakes. What was one of your greatest lessons learned thus far? 
throughout your adventurous journey? Oh, Lord. Uh, I think that it was, there's so many to choose from. Um, I think my biggest mistake, if you will, probably my, my greatest place of embarrassment, humiliation, and transformation has been around speaking the truth in love. So when I grew up, I grew up in fundamentalist Christianity. So it was a very strict, very rigid, uh, you were either good or bad, right or wrong. It was all or none. And there were punishments. If you were not good, there were serious consequences. You know, I mean, talk about heaven and hell. Um, and that's a, that's a big load to take on as, as a kid. And so uh, then later on, I saw the adults, well, I saw the adults in my life as a child that if you did something wrong, you got yelled at. Like that was what was normal to me. And so then I became an adult and I became a boss. And if someone did something wrong, I did what seemed normal to me and I yelled at people. Until I started doing this deeper work and uh, so I'd yell at people, I would, you know, it would be very punishing and shaming in my communication, but I didn't, I wasn't aware of it, which is not to make an excuse. I'm just sharing that. Um, and I write about this in my book too. It's like, I, I brought, I became this archetype that I call the dictator diva. And as I did the, the personal development work and consciousness work and started studying like real feminine leaders and true spiritual leaders, I in horror woke up to my awareness about how I was speaking to people, how I was treating people um, that I just thought was normal. And so I think that one of the biggest lessons was, so, so then I did this like pendulum swing into invisibility. Like I was like so embarrassed that then like people on my team, they would like do sloppy work, show up late. I'd be like, oh, no problem. Let me fix that for you. Oh, your traffic must've been bad. Like I was just a doormat. So I went from being this dictator diva to a complete, you know, ghost invisible doormat. And obviously neither of them felt good. And so you know, I, t I also write about this concept in the book, you know, most of us are brought up where we either go into defiance or compliance, and it takes quite the journey to get ourselves into alliance. And so now I don't always get it right, but I've come a very long way um, in speaking with myself, team, clients, the community at large, learning to speak the truth in love learning to be visible and not be afraid of confrontation, but to really deeply take into consideration my thoughts, feelings, and experiences and the thoughts, feelings, and experiences of others. So it's one of the feminine principles I talk about is really taking a stand for the and. Oh, I love that. And you know, it's, 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 uh, one of those things that I find women especially find it really hard to stand in their truth, in their light, and with love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet it's, it's so it's powerful when you do. Modeled. Sorry? Yeah, it's been there. It's been not that, it's not really been modeled well for us. Um, you know, I think we were taught a masculine way is how you get ahead and then things that are okay. Like there are ways that my husband will talk to people, men and women, and people have no issue with it. And if I were to say the same thing in the same tone, like, you know, it's not okay for women. And so I think that, uh, like this generation of women, like we are really committed in finding our sweet spot in terms of visibility, feminine leadership, and, you know, learning to treat ourselves and others lovingly, but also be firm and fierce. 
Mm, I love it. You're using, you've got an amazing, very powerful words as part of your vocabulary, by the way, Gina. <laughs> Thank you. The other thing we love to ask our women of inspiration is about pain points. We believe that all of us experience pain points. Um, what are some of your pain points, whether they're personal or in business, and how do you work through a solution? Great question. Um, so I do talk about in the book also that everything is happening for us, not to us. And one of the exercises that I share, because you know, when we're in a pain point, it doesn't feel like it's happening for us. It feels like it's terrible and it's awful or it shouldn't be happening or it's unjust or not fair. And I got an opportunity, so to speak, to practice this like immediately once the book came out. So I've waited 20 years to write and publish my first book. So excited to be with a top five publisher with, in New York City. And my book got published March 3rd, 2020. I had an entire American book tour scheduled, uh, an Australian one, UK, Europe, like my brand is global. I like there's nowhere I'd rather be than in person with people, hugging people, signing books, all the things. And so I was in New York the week the book came out and had a book party there, which was great. And then the second week I went to Miami and that was great. And then the world shut down. And at first I was in shock just about everything, you know, what was going on in the world. But then also like, wait a minute, this is like, I don't get to sign books or do book launches and do book parties. Like it was just like, my heart just started to break and break. And as soon as I started to feel these feelings of poor me, I like literally felt this exercise in the book come to me. And what it is, it's a very simple, you fill in the sentence. I'm thrilled this is happening because, and I was like, oh no, I'm not taking that medicine. Yes, Queen Gina, you are. I'm thrilled my book tour got canceled because, whew, um, and I thought, well, I could do a virtual book tour and start getting on podcasts, which I hadn't really booked a whole bunch of because I was so excited about the in-person events and maybe reach even more people than I would have, you know, who were coming to the live events. All right, let's do another one. I'm thrilled my book tour got canceled because, um, well, I didn't just want people to buy the book, which is nice. I want people to read the book. I want this message to get into the hearts and minds of women globally that, you know, that we are meant for all things. And I was like, okay, well, when are people reading books more than during a global pandemic where they're stuck at home? Right. Let's do one more. I'm thrilled this is happening because. Well, I was going to be super excited to go fly across. I was totally willing to go fly across America and the world to go do media appearances to get the message out about the book. And now, like when I realized the media went virtual, I like, called my publicist. I'm like, get me Chicago, get me Dallas, get me Austin. Like I'm just, I get to sit here at my desk and do all these television interviews, which before would have been very time consuming, very expensive, um, you know, and, and quite frankly, kind of exhausting. So when we understand that the universe really does have our back and that whatever we think is this painful thing, number one, let's be careful to not unnecessarily manufacture pain. 
I could have self-manufactured. And if I was this person like years ago, I would have a lot of pain around all the loss and it's not fair. And everyone else I got to see to go on all these fancy book tours, but not me. And that's not what the universe has designed. There's a reason why my book tour has turned virtual. And it was absolutely the the right place at the right time. Um, so it's all happening for us, not to us. Oh, it's so true. I've got goosebumps as you were sharing that because uh, we've had quite a, a lot of women on the show and some friends as well that have had to transform their business, same as you, um, had a book launch and it just stopped and um and I am just I am going to share this with them because I think it is true if you can have a look at the positive and Napoleon Hill he says that within every adversity there is a seed of uh oh, how, do, how does it there's a seed of um opportunity and it, it exactly. and as long as we can see what is that opportunity and focus our energy on that rather than going backwards and saying, oh, I can't believe this has happened and poor me, blah, 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 and start building a story. Um, you're, you're not going to be open to other opportunities or other things that may, may come your way. Mm, I love 100%. That. Love it. 100%. So – as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you, Gina? Transformation. I'm obsessed with it in every way. I love human potential. I love spiritual connection. I love miracles. And I really do believe that even whatever we have deemed the weakest areas in our life, whether it was financial or business or relationship or health or any of it, it all can be transformed and can truly become the strongest area in our lives. Mm, I love that. That's so true. Absolutely. And the last question that we always love to ask our woman of inspiration is to share three shiny golden nuggets uh, with our listeners. So what would be like three practical exercises that you would like to leave for our audience today, Gina? Sure. One is on how to never be envious of anyone again. Um, you know, we live in such an age where you, all you have to do is open up Instagram and you can start to get jealous of whatever someone's got wearing, the shape of their body, the opportunities that they're manifesting, etc. And when you understand that every person has been put on your path for a reason, and if you are lit up about what they have manifested, then that is exactly meant for you. So one of the exercises in the book is write them a cosmic thank you note. Say, thank you for showing me what's possible for me. What Maybe thank you for showing me what I actually desire and didn't realize it or didn't give myself permission to do. And it's up to you if you send it or not. But just really being in gratitude that you now can see and know even more of what's possible for you. Uh, that would be one nugget. Number two is know that there are no extra humans and a lot went into creating you at this time on the planet and that you are needed and you are important. So really love yourself, value yourself and let your life be the contribution that it's meant to be in a really big way. And the, uh, the third nugget I would say is get great at receiving particularly us women. I write about it in the book also. It's called the injured feminine instinct. And most of us are really challenged with receiving money, receiving a compliment, receiving attention. 
And the feminine is all about receiving. So do what it takes to get great at receiving so that you're really asking the question, how good am I willing to let life get? Mm, I love that. And actually, that one resonates with me also. And I remember Anita Morjani when she was on the uh, podcast uh, one day as we were having a conversation, she said to me, how open are your receiving channels? And honestly, that was like an etheric slap because I was like, oh, I I don't know that they're open because I'm one of those people. I don't, if somebody gives me a compliment, I'll go, oh, you know, I got this for a bargain, um, you know, and I'm always mm-hmm. like, making up excuses. I just don't know how to go. Thank you. So mm-hmm. for our listeners, and I know there's lots of women out there how do how does one become more uh, open to receiving and be comfortable with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to get great at being feminine. So being masculine is about giving, and being feminine is about receiving. And so when you start to, you know, I frame it in the archetype of queen. When you start to get really great at being the queen that you are, and you eliminate all of the other lower level archetypes, the slave girl, the little miss perfect, the ghost, the saboteur, the roller coaster rider, all these archetypes that take us out of our truth and really get great at being feminine, you're going to get great at receiving. I don't think I've ever heard that before. That's, I mean, I've heard about all the archetypes, just the masculine is about giving and the feminine is about receiving because I see that the opposite. I see women more so giving and men receiving. What are your thoughts around that? Well, it's true what you're saying, but it's not feminine. Feminine is to receive. There's feminine and masculine with both within both men and women. So the masculine is the logical, the linear, the tangible, the tactical, the strategic, the action-taking, the initiating, the providing, the protecting energy. It's all about doing. The feminine is the intuitive, the um, insightful, the circular, the playful, the pleasurable, the spiritual, the creative. It's all about seeing things not as they are, but as they could be. So both of these energies live within both, both men and women. The problem is, is that Western society is addicted to the masculine. It's, the, well, I'll believe it when I can see it. They only believe it if they can see the tangible. So when you think about the provider, the protector energy, ultimately, though, is very much about giving. If you have a glass of water, the glass is masculine and the water is feminine. The concrete uh, container is providing and protecting the space for the feminine to flourish and to do its job, which is to create nourishment and beauty and all all of that without the concrete container. So it's very giving to the feminine. So people think that, that women of uh, mothers of small children are feminine. They're not, they're very masculine. They're constantly doing, initiating, providing, protecting. It's a very masculine job to be a mother. When instead receiving, receiving support, receiving spiritual guidance, um, receiving the creative impulses, all of the receiving is actually feminine. And when we give ourselves permission to receive, that is when we get great at being feminine. Oh, I love that. That really resonates with me. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing Mm -hmm. that. So Gina, where Mm -hmm. is the best place for our listeners to find you? 
Yes. Well, if you'd like to get a copy of the book, which goes much more into this injured feminine instinct and all things clean and archetypes, you can go to divineliving.com forward slash book. That's D-I-V-I-N-E, divineliving.com forward slash book. You can also go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity. I have a free companion course, the book. You don't even have to buy the book to, to get into this course. It's got free videos, workbooks, a Facebook group, uh, calls, uh, recorded calls in there, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, so check that out and just divineliving.com in general is my website. There's like I said, free videos, talk show, podcasts, like all kinds of great things there for you to soak up the goodness, or you can follow me on Instagram at Gina DeV. Gina, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of wisdom. We'll have that all in the show notes. Thank you so, so very much for your time, your energy, and I feel really pumped. Like your energy is oozing across the world and through all of this technology. So thank you so very much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a joy. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you, so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift, where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplanner.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Katherine That's it for now. Until next week, wishing you a fabulous day.